0: You are listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. I am your host T.J. Stevens. Well, problematic. Out of my left Getting off to a banging start here. Yeah. Joining me, as always, depends Dollar
1: Bill Day. Yeah. I touch myself. I, I just need to clip that. Just Dave. <laughs> I've done to myself. And Timmy C. goo <laughs> go, goo goo. Dave's is awesome, and he got
0: a new hat and it's toy. <laughs> Are you drunk? Yes or no? And it's marked on the right hand side for both.
2: Time element drawers get my panties wet. I
0: love it. We've covered this butt wipe on a few different
2: occasions. Butt wipe? You don't talk about butt wipe anymore? No, I'm not. I'm not seven. Good news is, I've limited the producers' amount to screw us over this. So, we're actually going to get to sing along with the songs now. You are welcome.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Filter Free Podcast. I am your host. T.J. Stevens. Steppins, Joining me as always, Dollar Bill Dave.
1: Live from Alabama.
0: Whoa, it's official. He's there. Already hates his job. He's worked there 12 hours. Not even. Eight.
1: Nine, 18.
2: And his kid's already Hillbilly Jim.
0: 27 <laughs> hours. His utter turned to Hillbilly Jill. Timmy C's here. Um, from Kane Tuck. I got dog. There's a dog in the background just sleeping very weirdly. He's not, not even
2: sleeping. He's just listening. He enjoys this podcast so much, he listens like he's dead.
0: I think most of our listeners do. I can name a couple off the top of my head, actually.
2: Speaking of which, our new episode dropped um like 30 seconds ago as we're recording this because someone decided to steal all the information and keep it to themselves.
0: It's me, and I'm not good at it. <laughs> also uh timmy while you're uh sitting here criticizing people i think you need to check which microphone you're using because it sounds like you're talking into a campbell soup can you jerk
1: that's totally your fault is it it's my fault <laughs> if you hear a lot of background noise today that's me am i better
2: because i'm yes. not
1: in a real house yet we're staying in a i have rental I do appreciate you
2: listening to me for the last half hour on that other mic, and then you sounded deciding fine to until wait we're a minute into the show to say you, something. You
0: sounded fine until we got started. And Dave's recording in an ice fishing shanty in Alabama. Where'd they have one down there? but
2: I don't think there's an ice fishing shanty anywhere in Alabama.
1: There is. There's two of them. Ice two fishing? Them. And I'm, I'm renting one. Up in the mountains of Alabama. They're, they're cabins. Down
2: there. Uh it's a, chalet. it's
0: a chalet. So as Timmy kind of uh alluded to earlier, this is episode two of us here on the Premier Streaming Network. What what? And uh this week we're going in the Wayback Machine. I'm pretty sure none of us were alive for this show. Timmy, were you alive for the show? Of course, you were 11 but
2: <laughs> I was graduating
1: college this year. <laughs> I was
0: graduating from Princeton. You didn't go to Princeton, who are we kidding? So,
2: wherever you Seems listen to this podcast. Prince Town Community College. There
0: you go. That's that's fair. Wherever you uh, get this show, uh, when we decide to drop it on time, you should uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell everyone how you like it. Tell Premier it Network how well you like it. Twice. Twice. Three uh, times. Get some, get some new emails and just start making accounts for stuff. While you're at it, follow the show on Twitter at FFPopcast. On Instagram at filter free podcast follow the network our patreon on twitter at filter free net of course what would this be if we did not mention watch on premiere at watch on Premier for premiere streaming network for all the great shows one of a pod everyone has a pod house of wrestling josh Chernoff is a wonderful host an interviewer, I just lost an earbud. Dave, just lost an earbud, coughing or sneezing, one or the other. But if you go to our Patreon page, Timmy, what's on the agenda over yonder?
2: Well, you will get me pulling up the information here because I am so disheveled at this point. Have you? That I don't know what. I don't know if I'm pitching or catching. What is going? Jesus. Where? Uh, you will get cut. Hold on. Cut, he said, I'm out. I had to, I didn't have the format pulled up. Why do I have a separate copy of it, by the way? I don't know, Mm -hmm. man. Here here we go. This is gonna be
0: actually the copy I have. uh, Dave did not put in notes for the last time.
2: My copy's good. I think okay. my copy, Dave, doesn't have any
1: notes in. So I'm well, going to go ahead and copy. tell them what's
0: on Patreon while we figure out this notes. Oh,
1: yeah, I did notes on Tom Brokaw. <laughs> <laughs> ah, here we go.
0: I'm leaving that in just for, so everyone knows.
2: You will get legends. Let's rethink this this fall. And in fact, it's uh, what about a month away, Dave? We're getting there. You get away. footballers getting paid with Tim and Dave. Although, Timmy C has been getting paid with Cincinnati and the Reds because everyone thinks they're going to lose every game.
1: Go Cubs, go. And well, yeah, they lost 20-9 to nine yesterday. Cubs are. It's one game. It counts as one game. Cubs, you're going to have to be my bookie back. now, Tim. There's no more betting in Alabama. I can't live like this. Kentucky actually gets, because I have to drive to Tennessee, which is
2: nine miles away. Uh, with And Tennessee's only like, 20 25. miles away for you. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, uh, I, I have we, to drive to the kitchen.
2: <laughs> India. Uh, well, Kentucky, uh, should be legal by October. So I won't have to get up every Sunday morning and drive 10 miles to place my bets, but pay attention to what we're saying. Cause we will get you paid. You will also get the best show on the network. Other than this one, evolution of evil. Mm probably the best because me and dave aren't on it and we've been replaced by the fun director justin and amy who are far nicer people than dave and i
0: definitely but, definitely amy
2: but if you need some a-hole in your life you can get wrestling with commercials which me and dave are back on and if steppens isn't working evenings he can make it it'll for that probably one. pick back
1: up when i get settled get in my if, house when I'm
2: dave gonna... gets out of the shanty We'll probably start that up again. Plus our 2023 list of whatever it is we might end up doing. Hmm.
1: We, we have, I can't we have say bus
2: events. rides because I don't think we got a bus ride going. Events. We're hoping to get a couple of events. Y'all going to do uh, all out? It's in the works. Um, uh, something like that. We'll see. And maybe one
0: other show before the year's over.
2: It might just be better to just do the bus ride to all out, or no, it's it's not even at uh, whatever the say,
1: place is. Say anymore. United Center this sure. year, yeah.
2: So no travel issues, no bus.
0: I'll drive. I'll drive my wife's minivan. Uber, Uber.
1: don't Uber, don't Uber. Why? Because you won't get one coming back. Remember the all out bullshit. Yeah, but that where it's ago? not
2: the same place. It's at the United Center. It's
1: closer to downtown.
2: It's not out in BFE, which isn't even really part of Chicago. Hoffman Estates. True.
0: Anything else? I mean, what's on your guys' mind? Anything else we should discuss before we get going here? We're off to a killer start.
2: I tell you. We're, Just so we'll be 27 minutes in already?
0: Bunch of professionals on this network, and then these three clowns show up. Why is it my we're, format up
1: here?
2: <laughs> we're we're to broke pres- call
1: never matter. Thought- <laughs>
2: That's all your fault. And by the way, I can't wait till we get to that Tom Brokaw story.
1: Yeah, you, you're
0: not too good. I enjoyed him. Uh, should we get started so the Let's fans can hear what we have to say about Tom Brokaw? And they're probably wondering if you're new to this show, they're going, why do they keep mentioning Tom Brokaw so much? Well, you'll you'll learn. So, here we go. This week we're going back to uh, uh, August seventh of the bicentennial, nineteen seventy six. And we're going to watch some old school WWF. And believe it or we've done old school a
1: few times. It was WWWF. That's true. Correct.
0: But the name of the show, technically, on the network is WWF old school. Actually, I guess it'd be WWE old school, wouldn't it? But um, we've watched some. I think we've watched a different one from 76. We've watched one from 78. I think we watched one from 92. Watched a few. Of these. This was by far the best one we've seen.
1: I'm never watching another one of these. Anything else before 1989. Oh, that we're not. Why? That's absolutely I, this not true. A good show. This was a good show. This couldn't end fast enough. I love Land Dominic DiNucci. Watching this bull crud. I love Dominic Danucci. Bull, bull
0: crud. I Remember know. I can't cuss today. I, I know. But before we get to that show, let's run through some events. Filter free up first. Stories that missed the cut. August 1st. A flash flood at the Big Thompson Canyon in Colorado on Route 34 kills 139.
2: Shouldn't have been standing there? Shouldn't have been kayaking there. Damn you, Conrad. It was Big Thompson Canyon. Mm. August 1st, Elizabeth
0: Taylor divorces Richard Burton, her sixth divorce, and the second between the two of them.
1: Sounds like my uncle. Is Your, your uncle uncle's Richard been Burton? married six times? Well, he,
2: well, he's dead now, but... Yes, he got married six times and twice to the same woman.
0: Is your uncle Elizabeth Taylor?
2: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> August 1st, reigning F1 champion Nikki Lauda suffers a near fatal crash at Nürburgring during the German Grand Prix.
2: Bless you. I don't even know what you just said. Nürburgring. Bless you. Okay. August
0: 1st, the Seattle Seahawks take the field for the first time at the Kingdom, the Dome, rather, against the 49ers. We've covered the kingdom in way back days of this show. Yeah, it falls apart. It sure does, a lot. August 3rd, future California Angels third baseman Troy Glauss is born in Tarzana, Los Angeles. Uh, 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 Thank you. August 7th, scientists in, scientists in Pasadena announced that the Viking One has discovered possible signs of life on Mars. Mind you, this is 1976.
2: Viking One, is that like. Gary Anderson. 76. I don't even know who that could have been. Gary He's Anderson. A, he probably was a kicker back then, too.
0: August 8th, the Chicago White Sox take the field in shorts, making this one of the ugliest uniforms in sports history.
2: I bet it felt amazing to slide feet first. You know
0: what's funny? Oh, my ass has road rash. They didn't do a documentary on this because it would only be like eight minutes long, but they did like do like a deep dive on this uniform because they wore a, a few handful of games that year. And they, the players, just said we just didn't do that. So if do we had do? to slide into feet first, we're just getting tagged out. That's terrible. August ninth, Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher John Candelaria throws a no hitter against the Dodgers as the Pirates win
2: two to nothing. I think that might have been the last time the Pirates won a game ever. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair.
0: August eleventh, Robert L. May, an advertising copywriter, and what everyone else knows him for. The creator of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer dies at age 71. That's weird. Yeah, that that is odd. August 12th, former Boston Celtics and Miami Heat forward Antoine Walker is born. We will surely cover him one day as he has quite
2: the story. University of Kentucky legend Antoine Walker. Part of that 90... What? He was part of that 96 team that handed it over to Ashley Judd. Mm, that was,
0: wow, that's like episode two. We nice. heard it.
2: August hey, 17th. May, maybe not if you're the last guy in line.
0: Stop it. Like we have to censor that. August <laughs> 17th. <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> An earthquake and tsunami hit the Philippines at the same time, killing around 8,000 people. Shouldn't have been living there. I don't know. My friend, Chris, is actually my partner at work. His, Chris, his wife is Filipino.
2: Was she alive was she in
0: 76? No, she was not alive in 76.
2: No, she died there.
0: Chris is a few months younger than me. Hmm.
1: He likes the older
0: ladies. He does not. <laughs> Heck, oh. No, I mean, I think his his wife might have a year on him. <laughs>
2: he you know. likes the male order ladies. No, no, they went to school
0: together in the Philippines. No, in the United States. I mean,
2: <laughs> you said
0: she was <laughs> Filipino. Yeah, she her family emigrated here. You dope.
2: <laughs> That's allowed. Indiana? You
0: know. I think they got lost. They did I mean they did, yeah, for sure. In La Port, Indiana.
2: How the hell? Did they ended here, up they got here and were like, all right, let's go back to hell with this.
0: What is the dollar store and why are there five of them? <laughs> August nineteenth, Gerald Ford wins the Republican presidential nomination at a convention in Kansas City.
2: That's a terrible place to have a convention. Yeah.
0: Not the best one to Kansas City. Who wants to go to Kansas City? No one. August 21st, Larry Flint gets married for the fourth time, this time to Althea Leisure.
1: That's a great name. It's, it, well, that, is, that is definitely
2: a porn star's
0: I name. Would say I, would like, yes. I would like to take a guess at her profession.
1: I got to I gotta see what this chick looks
0: like. Please. We used to have a game for this, and then we had to get rid of it because my daughter screams upstairs. August 23rd, an earthquake hits China, killing over 1,000. Not a good month for weather. I mean she that said. only
2: that reduced their population by like point zero 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 one percent.
1: She died at the age of thirty-three. Wow. That's sad. Actually. <laughs> she was killed by Larry Flint. Hmm.
0: We did do a story about him hiring a hitman, but I, I didn't think it she was. She
1: drowned in a bathtub at the couple's Bel Air mansion. She passed out from prescription drug overdose and drowned.
0: Oh, you know what? That was in the movie "The People vs. Laurie Finn." I remember that. I remember that. Her scene.
1: husband, however, states that at the time she was in the advanced stages of AIDS and would have died within that year, regardless.
0: Yeah, that was in the movie "The People vs. Laurie Finn." I remember that. I remember that scene. <laughs> <laughs> August twenty third, actor Scott Conn is born in Los Angeles.
2: Bangville. She was Hustler's first
1: life size centerfold.
2: Bangville, don't stand no chance.
1: Wait, they made. Want to see the new tweeter end zone dance? They
0: made a magazine. Just trample all over my bed. It's fine. I'm, everyone likes varsity blues, but wait, they made a a, center fold that was life
2: size.
1: How big was that magazine? Well, they don't get a paper cut. Oh, shit. Oh, that's, it's
2: not, that would be stupid if you made a life size magazine.
1: No, we got
0: a, we got a six foot wide magazine. Well, she was fat. You got to put it in the trunk of your car. In August twenty fourth, not to be outdone by Elizabeth Taylor, Zha Gabor divorces Jack Ryan after a year of marriage. Her sixth
2: divorce. Was this before he was in the hunt for Red October?
1: Maybe. Yeah, is that like Patriot Games. So we—that was Jack Ryan in the eighties, Hunt for Red October. We had. So it was like people. Patriot Games then. Yes. Sure.
0: The Golden Child. We had three it was people like get Vietnam games. Vietnam. <laughs> we had three people get divorced in this month, and they combined had sixteen divorces.
2: To be fair, I think a lot more people than that got divorced in this month. Of well,
0: 19- I'm I'm just saying between the three of them, they had sixteen. We should go through all of them. Maybe I mean, it was a bonus episode.
2: It'd be a hell of a show.
0: It'd be nine hours. Stories in the wheelhouse, August eleventh. Rock and roll drumming legend Keith Moon from The Who collapses and is hospitalized in Miami, Florida. The Who? The Who. Very good. Unfortunately, this would be one of a few things that ended his life prematurely. So let's learn about the rock legend. Moon was born on August twenty third, 1946 in Wembley, London, England, the son of Alfred and Kathleen. He actually grew up playing the bugle in the Sea Cadet Corps at the age of 12, but found the instrument too difficult and learned the drums instead. Now, I will remind people, bugle is a trumpet. With no valves, and I used to be—I used to play trumpet, so it's probably not that difficult.
2: Nerd. Well, you had valves on yours. Yeah. Learn to play it, it without valves. It's much more. Let capable. me tell you
1: about Valvoline. It's a commercial I saw.
2: Good. Keep going. USWA, nineteen ninety-three. For trumpet oil. We're gonna
0: see Jeff Jarrett for an hour and a half. <laughs> he paid ten shillings per lesson to Carlo Little. Oh. I skipped an entire part of that sentence. So he found <laughs> the, the bugle. T- <laughs> no, you didn't. You said that. Did I? Yep. Okay. We're still not good at this. He paid 10 shillings per lesson to Carlo Little, a drummer from the Screaming Lord Such Band.
2: Lord Sucks Band? Such. With
0: sucks.
2: a T. I'm Stop sure they, they sucked with an S, too. Stop it.
0: Keith gained inspiration from jazz, rhythm, and blues and American surf music. His early favorites were Gene Krupa, DJ Fontana, who was the drummer for Elvis Presley, Tony Meachin from The Shadows, and Viv Prince from The Pretty Things. Moon also admired Motown as... My
1: what? device disconnected. Hold on. From what?
2: Is that like... Is out? Hmm.
0: Be his unit disconnected? I'm going to leave all this in. Just so everyone like look at these three goofs. How long you guys been Ooh. doing a show?
2: Three years. <laughs> three minutes? We started three minutes ago.
0: See how would see we started in, in May, so May, June, July, August, four plus twenty twenty-eight months we've been doing this.
2: And he's gone. Sweet. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> to hell with him. He'll no figure no. it
1: out. <clears throat>
0: Moon also admired Motown as Moon also sang and the Beach Boys with Roger Daltrey saying oh, that the given the chance, even at the peak of the Who, Moon would have left the, bla- the band to play for the Beach Boys. How weird would that have been? In 1964 at the age of 17, Moon auditioned for the Who who was looking for a drummer after the departure of Doug Sandup. Moon would replace a session drummer mid-set at a concert and nearly demolished the drum set during the show, which would become his trademark. Moon recounts being a few cocktails in to build up his courage, and during the song Roadrunner, he broke the bass drum pedal and the skins on two different drums and figured he'd lost the job. I mean, usually if you audition for a new job and you break half the shit you come in contact with, yeah, you're probably not going to get the job.
2: Particularly mid-song. That seems like a bad idea. Yes. After the show,
0: Roger Daltrey joined Moon at the bar and told Keith to quit his job as a plaster salesman, and his first show was on
1: Monday. Moon was well-known for his destructive lifestyle and exploding toilets. What? I'm known for that, too. at work, but it's probably a different. <laughs> different way. Different way. Moon would flush powerful explosive down toilets, which became a pastime for him after purchasing 500 cherry bombs in 1965. That's a lot of cherry bombs. Is he seven? Townsend remembered walking into the bathroom of Moon's hotel room one time, noticing that the toilet had disappeared with only the S-bend remaining. The drummer explained that since a cherry bomb was about to explode, he had thrown it down the toilet. One. And it blew the whole toilet off the wall. Once, a hotel manager called Moon in his room and asked him to lower the volume of his cassette recorder because it made too much noise. In response, the drummer asked him up to his room, excused himself to go to the bathroom, put a lit stick of dynamite in the toilet and shut the bathroom door. I'm sorry, did you say dynamite? Dynamite. Did he kill anyone? Why is he carrying dynamite? Upon returning, he asked the manager to stay for a moment as he wanted to explain something. After the explosion, Moon turned the recorder back on and said that dear boy was noise. This is ooh. (laughs) A goo. A, what
0: a goo a, What a weird dude already. And Timmy hasn't even gone yet, and he says the weird <laughs> stuff.
2: <laughs> at an early show at Railway Tavern in Harrow, Townsend smashed his guitar after accidentally breaking it. Cause apparently that's what you did if you were in the Who. When the audience demanded he do it again, Moon kicked over his drum kit. Because they was like breaking stuff.
0: It's actually a famous clip.
2: Subsequent live sets culminated in what the band later described as, quote, auto-destructive art, in which band members elaborately destroyed their equipment doesn't seem like a good way to make money.
0: As I was gonna say, The Who, by the way, never made a nickel.
2: <laughs> in May 1966, Moon discovered that Beach Boys, Bruce Johnston, was visiting London. After the pair socialized for a few days, Moon brought Johnston to the set of Ready, Steady, Go. Which made them late for a show with the Who that evening. What is that? Ready, steady go. It was a British television show. Oh Look at you. During the finale Spot of my T. generation, an alter <laughs> what? <laughs> Spot of tea. That's been a hot minute since we've done that. <laughs> Love it. During the finale of my generation, an altercation broke out on stage between Moon and Townsend which was reported on the front page of the new musical express the following week on stage in the concert. This by this the band. way, one of them has been throwing dynamite down the toilet and,
1: and the other both one's been a breaking everything.
0: This, this is the most dysfunctional successful band in the history of music.
2: And by the way, this band also got like 14 people trampled in Cincinnati in 1978. There you go. In 1967, during their appearance on the Smother Brothers, Smother, easy for me to say, Smother's Brothers Comedy Hour, he bribed a stagehand to load gunpowder into one of his bass drums. The stagehand used about 10 times the standard amount. During the finale of My Generation, he set off the charge. The intensity of the explosion singed thousands hair and embedded a piece of symbol in moon's arm a clip of the incident became the opening scene for the film the kids were all right what is wrong with these people
0: um it should be the surprise of no one that this if you remember this story started because he collapsed in miami was hospitalized for like 2 weeks and this is 1976 i believe he died in 78
1: he died 2 years later yeah yeah a piece
2: of symbol in his arm because he wanted gun, but ba- this dude was like a pyromaniac, except with explosives
0: and money, which is never a good thing. So he was like, Hey, uh, I'm going to play my generation. And when I do, I want you to fire off this cannonball,
2: <laughs> but it sits between <laughs> my legs.
0: Yeah. But so I don't, a good idea. again, this is the most dysfunctional successful band ever. And the, the, who, who they had what? Three, three albums, I believe. Jim know. Neidhart. And they didn't make it a decade. And thank you. I really, I, I enjoyed that, but I'm still trying <laughs> to make <my> that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is crazy. Like every other band there around for 25, 30, they, who was like less than a decade?
1: He should have blown up an anvil. Mm,
0: wow. He probably would have given the chance. Yeah. He. I mean, he died two years later. I mean, who knows? I want what you else to put my Peter up.
2: on this anvil. Then we'll take a stick of dynamite and set it right next to it. And then I want you to set it off.
0: I want you to put the swizzle stick in my pee hole, and then I'm going to play
2: <laughs> My generation. Next to you. It always happened during my generation. I don't know what's going on there.
0: Next story, August 16th. Let's move from the concert world to the gridiron as the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's tell you how long ago the show takes place. Beat the San Diego Char- Chargers in an exhibition game.
2: Which on the basis well, think of it, the football team would win against the baseball team.
0: Yeah, you would think so. Albert Pujols was playing those, so they didn't stand a chance. This doesn't sound like a big deal on paper, but the game was actually being held in Tokyo, Japan. We got the information for this story from Bob Underwood and the, the big red com. The game was the first NFL game outside of North America ever. The Chargers were one of the teams from the AFL and had joined the NFL after the merger went official in 1970. The Cardinals joined the NFL as a charter franchise on September 17th, 1920, but was actually founded in Chicago in 1898 as the Morgan Athletic Club, making them the oldest continuous franchise of professional football in the U.S. How about that?
2: Also explains why they never won anything.
0: They still have not to this day. They've been to a
2: loser franchise. Yes, yeah, the Cardinals.
0: I mean, wh- what would you say is worse? The Lions or the Cardinals?
2: Cardinals. Yeah.
0: That's also a fair choice. The game was entitled the Main Manichi Star Bowl and was sponsored by Manichi Daily News, an English newspaper in Tokyo. The game was promoted by California lettuce farmer Frank Takahashi, who also fitted the bill for the game. Takahashi stated, If we have a sellout, I'll break even.
1: Is that like the devil's lettuce or regular lettuce? I
0: think it's regular like iceberg. Oh or i think
1: the game got
2: seven stars though they did because takahashi was in it and it was in japan tokyo
0: dome yeah uh uh, spoiler alert the game was not a sellout and takahashi lost tens of thousands of dollars this sounds an awful lot like anoki versus ali in japan which happened just two months before this game
1: no two nfl teams had ever traveled that far for a game and this was even more ridiculous as it didn't mean anything since it was a preseason game. Yep. The game was pretty lackluster, according to most, and no one really cares that St. Louis beat San Diego by a score of 20 to 10. Pujols must have hit a lot of home runs. He did.
0: He was very busy.
1: The Cardinals did manage to go 10 and four during the 1976 season, but failed to make the playoffs because back then not everybody got in. Correct. The Chargers were dog-ass like most seasons, losing eight of their final (laughs) 11 games to finish with a 6-8 and record. Future
2: Hall of Fame coach and Cincinnati Bengals legend, Bill Walsh, spent his season as the Chargers offensive coordinator before moving on to Stanford University at the end of the year. Because he realized, as Dave said, the Chargers were trash. The The Chargers began to pass more often with quarterback Dan Fouts Setting new career highs in every major passing category, including interceptions.
0: You know what's crazy, though—not to interrupt you—but we went from Bill Walsh, who was an offensive coordinator. Uh, I believe their head coach was like Dave Thomas from Wendy's. I don't remember his name,
2: I don't but think it was Dave Thomas. It was Dave me.
0: Thomas. He uh, he served the team baconators. That's why they were so like lethargic all the time. But uh, he was replaced by uh, Don Coryell, and Eric Coryell started in
2: 1978. So Don Corleone?
0: uncultured sports swine, you
2: enough about those scrubs though cora Cuen stadium completed in 1937 it was originally used for baseball it was home to the yomuri giants for nearly 50 years
0: i got you a player from the giants
2: yes Mr. mitchell
0: Batesville. not those giants that's major league action i'm quoting oh
2: my bad tanaka that was the Ain't introduction is, to tanaka yeah. For various periods of time, it was also the home stadium of six other professional Japanese baseball teams, including the Minichi Orions, the Kokotoku. Yeah, that's what he said. Swallows and the Nippon Ham Fighters. Nippon Ham Fighters. I really want to see someone fight a ham.
1: Ham the Koketsu yeah. Swallows and the Nipple Ham Fighters. It
0: should be the Nippon Ham Flowers, is what it should be. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it originally hosted the Japanese Baseball Hall of Fame, now located at Korakuen's successor venue, the Tokyo Dome. Seven stars, seven stars there. In the 1970s and 80s, Korakuen was also a concert venue for superstar performers. The ballpark had a capacity of 50,000 people. The Tokyo Dome is like 75.
1: And you get seven stars every time. And now we get 1980 or 76 NFL box score trivia. This ought to be good.
0: I was going I'm I'm already embarrassed, but we're going to do it anyway. It's <laughs> time for box score trivia.
1: <laughs> but today, I'm the greatest of all time.
0: Second rafter off the floor, nothing but hell. Through the window, off the wall,
1: nothing but that. You like that? You like that? I like that. You gotta like that, right?
2: So well, I have a question about that clip. Yeah. Do you think knowing all we know about Cosby now that Jordan probably would have went for a different sweater.
0: You know what's fun is we watched that. I didn't even notice the sweater. But uh, before we get started with this, I would My like sweater to was think,
1: a pimp. I have two of them. Pimp. Do you? Gonna wear one you tomorrow. you a
0: Cosby sweater guy. I don't know why. I don't know why I would be surprised by that, but.
1: In the summer. That's gross. I keep roofies in them. Uh, before we... pops.
2: Gross. Oh, roofies oh and pudding pops. <laughs> There's a t shirt.
0: I was gonna never mind. So, um, before we get started, I would like to thank uh James Quillo for making all these video clips for us. He did a great job on the clips. And here we go box score trivia <laughs> 1976 NFL. We're gonna start this with passing yards, Terry Bradshaw. Um, let's Dan see. Fouts. If you can give me. 3 Dan Fouts I buy one of your lunch Dan Fouts number 8 2530 Terry Bradshaw Terry Bradshaw no
2: Fran Tarkenton
0: Fran Tarkenton number 2 2961 of the Minnesota
2: Vikings uh one more Johnny Unitas Johnny U no uh
0: I believe 76 was United's last season.
2: Yeah. I he, was, he was he wasn't with the Colts anymore. He was with the Chargers. Huh? I lost sound. Who did we get? Fran you, Tarkenton. And Fouts. And Fouts. Uh, Montana wasn't there yet, so it wouldn't have been him. Dave quit. <laughs> <laughs> Warren Moon. <laughs> Warren
1: Moon. <laughs> no. Uh, I can name Black Joe Namath. Oh, no,
2: no, he no. was terrible though. He was only good that one season.
0: He might have been with the Rams here in '76. Uh,
2: God, who was the Dolphins quarterback back then?
0: I don't know, but he's not on this list.
2: Give us some teams
0: Detroit, Seattle. Dave Craig, no Kansas City, Dallas. Oh, uh, White. Oakland. Danny White, no Oakland. Uh, who was before St- him? St. Louis. Staubach. Roger Staubach, number five, two thousand 2,715. Woo, we got three. Dave. Yay, Dave, you're muted, you. so you might have said it, but you're muted.
1: I'm in a bad mood right now.
0: I, I you, you're putting me in a great mood. Look at those headphones.
1: <laughs>
0: and
2: we're back.
0: We're back. You did such a fine job in the last game. But it's time to end up passing. We're not back. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it in his eyes. <laughs> I've seen that look in the airport a handful of times.
1: My ten-year-old had to fix the headphones. Good for her. My, Dad. Pink. my, this pink is the power headphones.
2: Button. She
0: was like, "Listen." The power button. She goes, "Listen, you dumb shit. It's this one."
1: Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> holding it long enough. Apparently, <laughs>
0: that's you what good? Jandy said too. Sorry,
1: I'm still not sure about that.
0: I looked at my watch like a like a moron.
1: All right, where were we? Box score <laughs> trivia. I said yeah. Roger Stahlbach, and I guess I was muted because my yeah. headbuds kept going out, so I would mute my microphone so you guys wouldn't get feedback, and then my dumb ass would forget to unmute the microphone. Okay. All right, well, I got Stalback.
0: Let's see if you can do passing touchdowns much better. Here we go. We're going to go with four. You did so well the first time. We're gonna, actually, we'll do five. Staubach. Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts tied for, by the way, Dan Fouts tied for ninth with 14. Stabak. back.
1: tied for ninth with 14. Jake the Snake. Or whatever his name was. Roberts? <laughs> Jake the Snake.
0: <laughs> Plumber? I know. I know who you're talking about, but I need his name. Uh, gonna, from I'm Oakland, Oakland, yes. Him, he was Him. he was usually <laughs> drunker drunker than a skunk every game the Raiders played.
1: Yeah, I'll give it to you. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's the Snake Ken Stabler of oh, the yeah. Oakland Raiders. Twenty-seven Jake, touchdowns led the Jake, league. Jake Ken the Snake Stabler. <laughs> he led the league with twenty-seven. Terry There's Bradshaw. Three. Terry Bradshaw, no. Ken Anderson. Bill Robertson. Ken Bill Robertson from Doug Dynasty. No, Ken still. Anderson, third with Woo! Joe Namath. Uh, no, but uh, Joe Namath is in the top ten for interceptions in 1976. Well, we knew ah! that he threw more interceptions in career.
1: Touchdowns. He threw more of those than touchdowns.
0: Um, I think nineteen seventy six might have been the year Staubach was benched for Joe Gilliam. Mm. Fran Tarkenton. Fran Tarkenton tied for sixth with 17. Here's Elvis Gerbach. Elvis Gerbach, the Chiefs of the 49ers. I think one? this was
1: Warren Moon's rookie year. The Bengals.
0: The Bengals. I don't think he played for the Bengals. Gerback Here's,
1: didn't play for us. Here's <laughs> he the rest didn't, of the 76.
0: It's a lot of repeats. We got Roger Sawback, Dan Fouts, Fran Tarkenton, Cleveland Browns legend, Brian Sipe coming in at tied for sixth, Greg Landry, Jim Hart. New England Patriots quarterback Steve Grogan had 18, and Burt Jones. You guys I love have no, his podcast. You guys have no... The
2: Steve Grogan The
0: experience. Steve Grogan experience. You guys have no Burt Jones love. He comes in second again with 24. I have not heard of him. He was the guy that was originally drafted to replace Stallback, and they traded him to... No, that was Craig Morton. Isn't that what I said? No, Burton Jones. I don't it know. It was
2: Morton's Steakhouse.
0: Charlie Morton. Sure. So we're going to go. What what was the next one I had picked? It was a rushing category. Here we go. Rushing touchdowns. Franco Harris. Let's see. Wow. There's some Larry Zonka. We're going to do four here. Franco Harris. Of your Pittsburgh Steelers led the league 14. And you said Larry Zonka. No. Gail Sayers. Gail's. Retired in 1966. Jim Brown. Actually, no, retired in 1970. Excuse me. Jim Brown also retired by 1976. <laughs> uh, OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson tied for seventh with eight. There's Killing two. it. Definitely, allegedly. There is a Cincinnati Bengals on. on I, I have no idea who that could be. I cannot wait to say his name. That's all Barry I can Barry Larkin. Barry Larkin. <laughs>
2: We got two. We need two more. Uh, let's see. Who was uh, Corey Dillon? No. Who was the uh, guy from the Cowboys back then? Uh, In 76? Yeah. I have no idea. Billy White Shoes Johnson. He was, was a wide oiler. receiver. Um, he's an oiler.
0: <laughs> I thought he, they he ran a lot of
2: reverses.
0: Good I mean, job. He was an oiler and a falcon.
2: Lorenzo Neal. Lorenzo White. Lorenzo's
1: oil.
0: There's no Lorenzo on this list. Not one.
1: Vincenzo. Vinc. Il. Herschel Walker.
0: Herschel Walker. No chance. I'm not even sure if he was at Georgia yet.
1: <laughs> he was in middle school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> one more guess each, because you all, y'all ain't gonna get it. Give us some teams. Uh, San Francisco. Roger Craig. Nope. Whatever you're gonna say. No. Baltimore. New Orleans, Cincinnati, Alvin Kamara. N- no, St. Louis,
2: Iggy Lamar Wood. Jackson.
0: This one's uh this one's <laughs> abbreviation. <laughs> Fisk. This one's abbreviation is Ram, so I'm pretty sure it's the Rams. Baltimore Colts, the Steven Patriots, Jackson. the Bears, and the Vikings. Gail Sayers again. No, still not Gale Sayers. Walter Payton. Walter Payton tied for second with 13.
2: It really? I didn't think he was around then. I believe seventy six with his
0: re- I think 76 was your Walter Matthau tied for seventh with OJ Simpson. Weirdly enough, (laughs) here's the rest of your top 10. I'm stopping us now because this is just embarrassing. All tied for ninth of San Francisco, Devlin Williams, Baltimore, Roosevelt leaks, New Orleans, Tony Galbraith, and number nine of your Cincinnati Bengals, Booby Clark. I
1: love it. That's my favorite football player's name. That's my running back right there. Booby Clark. I'm drafting with and OJ fantasy. of the Clark. St. I have Louis. Fantasy
2: boobies. That's
0: really worth. that should actually my team name. This is gonna be fantasy boobies. <laughs> tied for seventh of the St. Louis
1: Cardinals, Steve Jones, Timmy Co- Clark of the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Yep, yeah, that's my whole team name. There he is. That's Icky Woods.
2: That's Charles Lee Booby Clark. That looks like Icky Woods. They all look the same with helmets on. That's fair. They're all <laughs> Cincinnati. Well, see Hel- that one. See that one? He had a lot of
0: fat running backs back in the day. Well, no, the one he just showed us had the Bengals written on the helmet with no stripes.
1: Yeah. Old school. He died in 1988 at the age of 39. 38. Wow. Didn't That's even sad. reach 39. That's sad. I'm so sorry. Now back I got to this, know how he died.
0: Back to this list. Tied for fifth. Don McCauley.
1: Blood clot in his lung at the age of
2: 38. That's it, terrible. Would have been, it would have been better if it were breast cancer.
0: <laughs> I think I have to cut that.
2: No, you don't. That's a great joke.
0: It's, it is for us. I'm not sure it is for anyone else. <laughs> Tied for fifth, Don McCauley and Lawrence McCutcheon. Fourth, New England Patriots quarterback Steve Grogan with 12. Tied with Walter Payton for second is Chuck Foreman of the Minnesota Vikings. And that was box score trivia. Not as bad as I expected for 1976. How did a quarterback get on that
1: list? That's weird. Steve Grogan. How did Steve Grogan get on that list? Because he has a great podcast. Doesn't he sing for like Stone Temple Pilots or something? I don't think so. That guy's oh. dead.
0: Well, What's that? You know, we and you know what's sad? Also oh, that's sad Dave is
1: Grohl. Never mind. The,
0: Dave Grohl's yeah, not that's, dead.
2: That's not Stone Temple Pilots. And he is either. the drummer and singer the of the Foo, Foo Fighters. Fighters. Same. Oh, thing. He's also the drummer of Nirvana. The, and the same drummer, thing.
0: and the drummer, Tenacious D, in the, in and this and he threw
1: a guitar in the air and ate it with his mouth.
2: No, nope, that was a different guy. That was the bass player for Nirvana. Oh.
1: The drummer generally won't throw a guitar in the air and eat it with his mouth.
2: That would
0: just be odd. Like, why does he even have that <laughs> instrument on stage? <laughs> just to do that. Dave's uh, music knowledge is unsurpassed. I believe this drummer is a gimmick. <laughs> August eighteenth. In one of the most bizarre incidents in U.S. military history that doesn't get talked about nearly enough, two soldiers are killed while cutting down a poplar tree that was blocking the view of U.N. observers. I know that sentence does not make sense, but it will as we give you context. The relationship between North and South Korea hasn't been stellar for what seems like eons now, and this incident surely did not help. There's a bridge connecting the two countries known as the Bridge of No Return. This bridge represents the military demarcation line. Along this bridge was a 98-foot poplar tree that blocked the line of sight between a United Nations command checkpoint and an observation tower. This tree had already sparked a previous incident as a group of U.S. soldiers were held at gunpoint, which led to Joint Security Force Commander Captain Arthur Boniface to go and secure the troops with no incident. He succeeded. However, on August 18th, Five Korean service corps members, including Benefus, went down to prune the tree. Then 15 North Korean soldiers appeared who were commanded by Senior Lieutenant Paul Chul, who had the nickname of Lieutenant Bulldog because of his history of causing confrontations.
1: Lieutenant Bulldog. Do they have bulldogs in Korea? That should be, be Lieutenant
0: odd. Bullshit is what it should be. <laughs> we'll get
2: For, to that in a second.
0: Yeah, yes, we will. For 15 minutes. The North Korean troops merely watched as the tree was pruned before approaching the KSC and telling them the tree was planted by the North Korean leader, Kim Il-sung, and could not be trimmed. Benefus commanded the troops to continue and turned his back on the North Koreans. Don't ever do that. Not just to the North Koreans ever. Shortly after this, a truck carrying 20 more shoulders from soldiers from North Korea arrived, carrying crowbars and clubs. Pak Chul again demanded they stop pruning. Benefus again turned his back on him. I will say this man's got balls. Pak then removed his watch, put it in his pocket, and shouted, kill the bastards. Using axes dropped by the people trimming the tree, Benefus was bludgeoned to death by five North Korean soldiers, and Lieutenant Mark Bennett disappeared over a wall.
1: Shortly after the murder of Benefus, the North Korean media began airing reports of the fight. The North Korean version stated, around 10:45 a.m. today, the American imperialist aggressors sent in 14 hoodlums with axes into the joint security area to cut down the trees on their own accord. Although such a work should be mutually consented beforehand. Four persons from our side went to the spot to warn them not to continue the work without our consent. Against our persuasion, they attacked our guards in mass and committed a serious. Provocative act of beating our men wielding murderous weapons and depending on the fact that they outnumbered us.
0: We we didn't.
1: Our guards could not be, but resort to self-defense under the circumstances of this reckless provocation. Good job, you.
2: Three days later, American and South Korean forces launched Operation Paul Bunyan, which is the worst name thing in history.
0: Also blatantly obvious what you're getting ready to do.
2: An operation that cut down the tree with a show of force to intimidate North Korea into backing down, which occurred. They cut a tree down to stop. Oh, oh, whatever.
0: They should have lit it on fire.
2: That'll show you. We're going to cut this poplar to the ground. North Korea then accepted responsibility for the earlier killings. Damn right. We'll cut your trees down if you don't. Within four hours of the attack, you thought the press was bad. Kim Jong-il, the son of North Korean leader Kim Il-sung, which they all... Why are they all Kims and Sungs and Jongs and Ils and whatever? I don't like North Korea. Addressed the Conference of people Non-Aligned, people do.
1: non-aligned oh, Nations... You're my balls, Hans Briggs. You're busting <laughs> my balls.
2: In, ...in Colombo, Sri Lanka, and presented a prepared document describing the incident as an unprovoked attack on North Korean guards that had been led by American officers. He then introduced a resolution asking the conference to condemn that day's grave U.S. provocation. Grave, And then he called on participants to endorse both withdrawal of U.S. forces from Korea and dissolution of the UNC, which was seconded by Cuba. By Cuba. The members of the conference passed the resolution. I don't know who else was there. It probably looked like the villain's room in Batman.
0: It was North Korea and Cuba.
2: Screw you, North Korea, and you
1: too, Cuba. You're busting my balls, Hans Bricks.
2: They they had this
0: conference at a, at a Chili's.
1: <laughs> in Sri Lanka.
0: It was a table for two.
2: <laughs> Cuba and, and they North said, Korea. hey, they're bullying us. We beat him to death with crowbars. They're bullying us. They put a prison on our
0: island. We're mad at them. Well, you know, we should have, probably would have reported on this at the time. August 30th, the story and a man so great, it left Dave speechless. One of the more respected newsmen of his time, Tom Brokaw, gets a start as the news anchor for NBC's The Today Show. Tom Broca has done it all in the course of his illustrious career behind the desk, giving the nation the news on NBC. And unfortunately for Timmy, he seems to be controversy free. However, Timmy, <laughs> Timmy proved me wrong on that one. More on that later. Broca has spent his literal entire adult life behind the anchor desk, graduating from the University of South Dakota, which I does not know is a thing. Isn't that the South Dakota Jackrabbits, like the Division IIA team that wins the football title every year?
1: Well, it's. The North Dakota bison went at all, but the South Dakota jackrabbits are pretty good too. Yeah, that's what I thought.
0: And at the age of 20 years old, he got his start in 1960 as the newscaster and weatherman for KTIV TV out of Sioux City, Iowa. He would spend two years with them before moving to KMTV TV as a reporter out of Omaha, Nebraska then one year out of WSB-TV doing the nightly news in Atlanta. Then in 1966, he became the NBC News West Coast correspondent, and he would spend the next 45 years with NBC News. He quickly garnered a reputation due to his straight-laced reporting style, and in 1973, Brokaw became the White House correspondent covering the Watergate scandal and the anchor of the nightly news. Brokaw actually would later reveal in 2017 that he actually was offered the position as the press secretary for then President Richard Nixon in 1969, but turned it down.
2: Yep. No controversy from Tom Brokaw. Fine, upstanding citizen, TJ. Wait, what? Tom Brokaw has been accused of making inappropriate advances towards two women. What? TJ. I
0: I didn't know that. What?
2: Uh, oh, oh, well, let's see. Let's look into this.
0: Hold on before you do.
2: Former NBC. There okay, go. Now I'm ready. Former NBC correspondent Linda Vester claimed Brokaw made an unwanted advance, including a forcible attempt to kiss her on two occasions in the 90s. At the time, Vester was in her 20s and did not want to file a complaint. Because why would you try to kiss him? Never mind.
0: Could you imagine Tom Brokaw?
2: I'm going to kiss you now.
0: He look, yeah, I'm I'm going to kiss you now. He looks like a young Herman Munster.
2: This one sounds more like
1: something he'd do. It's like though. drunk Joe Namath. I kiss you. I could kiss you <laughs> yes. right now. I, I kiss you. Lisa Salters, come here. The the Linda Vester, second- you're the Breaster.
2: I <laughs> kiss you. Moron. The second woman who was a production assistant Anonymously told the New York Post that Brokaw acted inappropriately towards her in the 90s because that was his decade of decadence. She was
0: outside yelling at a telephone pole that was called The Post.
2: (laughs) Brokaw also denied the second accusation because why wouldn't you? Variety published an interview with Vester, the first lady, which claimed that Brokaw groped her in an NBC News conference room and showed up at her hotel room uninvited.
0: Again, there's a few things I can think of that are more horrifying than getting a knock on the hotel door at two o'clock in the morning. And I opened the door, and it was a drunk Tom Brokaw.
2: <laughs> what are you? What are you here to report on, sir? Rock
0: hard. I've got news for you.
2: <laughs> I got. It's I got, a man. helicopter. I got more than news for you, ma'am.
0: Underneath this straight, <laughs> underneath this trench coat. Straight
2: jacket.
1: Underneath should have been in. I'm I've got a knee,
0: I've got a real knee slapper.
2: But apparently that wasn't all that Tom didn't think highly of. He also didn't think Latinos were working hard enough in 2019. Oh boy. During a panel discussion on Meet the Press, Brokaw commented that quote, Hispanics should be working harder at assimilation. You know, they ought not just be codified in their communities but should make sure all their kids are learning to speak English and that they feel comfortable in the communities he said and added that that's a view he's been sharing quote for a long time yep TJ squeaky clean Tom Brokaw with his dick hanging out for ladies and hating <laughs> on the I Hispanics was, I will say Linda
1: Vester was hot
0: I I gotta I gotta get up to Tom Brokaw. He's like, I've got a sparkling reputation. <laughs> I've been just you know, don't use Google. One of the three nation, you know, one of the, the nation's three top news anchors. On my way out the door, let me pull my dick out and say some racist shit.
2: <laughs> Dan Rather <laughs> wouldn't try that shit. I don't know.
0: Dan rather's got way more than that. The worst thing Dan Rather did is he got old and wear suspenders. That's the worst thing he did.
1: Love it. Um, that's the worst thing Dan Rather did.
0: Yeah, worst suspenders.
1: So, Dave, how how are I'm movies this lie? Week? M- movies are great this week. Are you, are, you I, I, of, are you thinking of Dan Rather or Brian Williams? Dan Rather also was a liar. Uh, I didn't watch any movies from 1976 because I don't like shit in black and white.
2: Mm. I don't think that's how that worked.
1: So I looked be, up movies in 1976, and I didn't recognize not a one does that mean i it's haven't seen turn? it it's your turn that means it's my turn
2: mm. let's go to timmy's tribiaki that's
1: not that's not Tosca. <sighs> Ugh, my ears
0: My back. Yep, yeah, I remember, everyone remembers when Elvis performed
2: that. The
1: All right. Once again. Saturday Night
2: Fever. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta cut that
0: shit. All right. Cut what shit?
2: Me fat in that singing Whitney No, Houston. it's
1: a good before and after. Dude, it was literally like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that was me singing Jet. Not, you know, not also I, you Both know what of those were like a those, month
0: ago. You know what I appreciate you about you, Timmy, though? You lost 50 pounds and lost a goatee. That's incredible. And that
2: stupid goatee. Good job. It's, it's okay. I'm, the top knot's coming back. Ugh. Ugh.
0: Song number I've got, one. I've got a full blown
2: mullet and I'm going, ugh. Yeah. Clue number one. This is a song recorded in 1976 by the Steve Miller Band. A song about two young, possibly teenage bandits and the detective pursuing them.
0: Oh, um, Benny and the Jets. Life in the Fast Lane.
2: That was the Eagles. Clue number two. it? It was the first single featured on the 1976 album, Fly Like an Eagle.
1: Fly like, an eagle. Not fly like an eagle.
2: It's not fly like an eagle. Blue number three. And Run DMC used it in 2001 It's forever last on the vocals. It's tricky. <laughs> 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 Hassle.
0: Take the money and run. Damn it.
1: I was close. I've never heard this song.
0: Come on, on, take take the the money money and run. run. Who sings this song?
1: Take the money and run. He he said who sang it. I already forgot.
0: Steve Miller Band.
1: This is stupid.
0: Jerry Liner is much better than this song, but.
1: It is, but it was not released in 1976. I, it's fine. Tricky is way better than this.
2: It's Tricky, rock, 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 rock it's Tricky. Okay. Uh, song number two, clue number one. This is a song by the Irish hard rock band Thin Lizzy. The song was originally. Jailbreak. Originally released in 1976 as the first single from their album, Jailbreak. Amy Winehouse. What?
0: Boys
1: are back in town. Try to go to rehab, but I said no. Nice.
0: This is, I mean, they had two hits, so it, it really narrowed down the choices.
1: I need some better kind of music. I don't know any of this shit.
0: Boys are back in town. Yeah. I said, the
2: Boys Ooh, are back yeah. in town. Boys are back in town. The- Blue number two, the song we used on various trailers for Disney Pixar films, Toy Story and Toy Story 2, and Rick and Morty's fourth season. It is also heard in the 1990 action film, Navy Seals, in the 1999 comedy film, Detroit Rock City, in the video game Saints Row 4, and MLB The Show 23, and it was also covered by the band Everclear.
0: Literally everything you just said I like.
2: Song number three. blue number one. This is a song written by Rob Parisi, And recorded by the band Wild Cherry.
0: Whoa. Humble Pie.
2: Crazy. The song song was listed at number 93 (laughs) on Billboard Magazine's all-time top 100 songs in 2018.
1: It was also the group's only U.S. top 40 song.
0: 30 Days Uh, in the Hole.
1: Wild Cherry was the toilet with the guy from The Who.
0: Correct. That is correct
1: no i think that was cherry bomb oh
0: i just listened to humble pie songs that's
2: irritating me neither one of them are right all right dave this should give it to you american rapper vanilla ice later released the song featuring an interpretation of this ice
1: ice baby under pressure it was the b side of ice ice baby oh play that funky music white boy (laughs)
2: singing and moving to the groove and just when it hit me somebody turned around and shouted play that funky music white boy Play
1: play that funky music right go vanilla go vanilla lay down and boogie and play that funky music till you die
0: they they changed sound entirely because 30 Days in the Hole
1: sounds nothing like that.
2: It was... It was by Wild Cherry, dumbass.
1: Buck Cherry?
0: Wild Cherry. Oh, cher- yeah. I was thinking of Humble Pie. You should eat a little bit of that. Timmy, I've literally never won your game.
2: I know. Ever. Terrible at music.
0: But I win... Have you seen it every week? Cause I get 19 points on one movie.
2: I was going to say, <laughs> cause, cause the points all change and the answers don't matter.
0: And you, and you scored in fragments fractions is what the word I wanted. You know, what else was fractions? This show, WWF uh, WWWF old school house show from August 7th, 1976. Your announcer, singular Vincent, man, we're at Madison square garden. Timmy, how'd yeah. you feel? Madison square garden looked here.
2: Looked weird. Instead of having the open thing, it was like narrow walkways.
0: I didn't care for it either.
2: And then, great eight matches in seventy-six. I was not excited at the beginning. Actually, they they said nine matches, but they were only eight.
0: So, literally, my first note is match one: Jose Cadiz against Johnny Rivera. Cadiz, Cadiz, and my first note is the ring announcer. There was going to be nine matches. Holy shit! That's my first note. But there was eight which is even more awkward, but one of them two out of three falls. So technically, there could have been 10. The uh, Cadiz starts out so on top. So
2: he, he gave away the ending of the two out of three falls match. True. Uh,
0: the Cadiz, old Jose there, starts out on top as the heel, and there's uh, the illustrious Mrs. Krieger, as Mr. man said. They keep saying how popular Rivera is, but I actually like Cadiz more. He's not a bad heel. I actually enjoy I actually like watching him. This match is definitely a lot of high flying for 1976. Somehow Rivera got out of a full Nelson by stopping on the mat. I still have not figured that one out. Rivera does a nice jiggly. Who's jiggly? The mat and him. Okay. Rivera does a nice flying head scissors out of the corner that shockingly was not the finish. Rivera hits a very stiff diving cross body for the win. If this would have, if this match would have ended three minutes earlier, it would have been very good.
1: I like how we're four minutes into the match, and Vince says both fellas not in the super heavyweight category. He even hated the small guys in the seventies.
0: Also enjoyed in the in the seventies, super heavyweight was not a thing yet.
1: I thought Cadiz looked like a huge dork out there whole schtick was stupid, and he looked weird.
0: Uh, tell us how you really feel about it. Always with
1: the positive spin with Dave. Cadiz, more like Kashitz. Kashitz.
2: <laughs> Could you imagine some of the guys today trying to do some of their aerial moves off the ropes as loose as these were? They were just bouncing.
0: Well, also, the guys from today couldn't get this kind of crowd heat not doing that. Correct. These guys did nothing. In the matches later on, they did nothing, and the this crowd was, was ready to burn the building down.
1: This match was ten minutes forty-one seconds. Yes, it was. This two
2: camera setup here at the Garden is the height of technology in nineteen
0: seventy-six. Oh, you wait till Ivan Putzi comes out later.
2: You get a hard cam and high hard cam. Hard
0: cam and hard cam too.
2: How the hell does Vince know the name of that old lady, Mrs. Krieger? Though she That's is the weird.
0: she is the OG super fan.
1: And
2: I'm gonna guess that
1: Frank who who's Frank Panson girlies? Who's <laughs> that?
2: That's not what I put. <laughs> it was lost in translations. Sure. Love uh, Tom The
1: guy from The Godfather. That's what the referee looked like. Frank Pastrami. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs>
2: This is great. I love it. Oh, this move on. this okay. is wonderful.
0: Go. Uh, who are you calling Freddy it's, it's, Mer- Fat it's, Freddy Fat Freddie Mercury? I need it's to know Frank
2: that. Pantangeli, damn it. Okay, That's who do you calling Patroni. fat Freddy Mercury? Uh the one that was in the rest hold. I think it was the heel. I don't know. Cadiz
0: or Anthony yeah. Rivera? This has
2: been seven days ago now. <laughs> Cadiz. Cadiz looks like fat Freddie Mercury. This is,
0: I love everything about this. Match two. <laughs> Johnny Rods versus S.D. Jones. Look, we have two Hall of Famers in this ring. No matter if people think they should be or not, they are, and they deserve to be. This was a good hard-hitting slugfest, especially for 76. Johnny Rods has Jones in the corner around the waist when Jones kicks off, gets suplexed, but keeps his shoulders up. Rods gets countered out. Imagine Hart versus Piper at WrestleMania. I, I like this match. This was a good match.
1: You totally stole my line there, you dick face!
0: Oh, sorry. My bad. Well, you could say Austin and Hart. I didn't say that one.
1: Rods was mainly used as enhancement talent in the WWWWF, WW yet is now in the Hall of Fame. Is what he does he was trainer. a trainer. I think it's time we start a petition to get the cooker, Bob Cook, in the WWE Hall of Fame. What is uh, with you're, all- you're going way back.
0: What is with all these throwbacks to, like, the first eight episodes we did? Power of the punch. Power of the punch. I still have that shirt. I still wear it on occasion.
1: SD, You know who, would, you know who wouldn't have gotten beat by SD Jones? Former WCW World Heavyweight Champion and Florida State Seminole legend, Ron Simmons. I need to I, put bet, it he, I bet he would have because he was, like, 14 here. In case y'all were wondering, 30 years ago today he beat Vader. To become the first African American. Oh, wait, that's 31 years ago. Never mind. 31 years ago today, he beat Vader to become the first African American heavyweight champion of the world.
0: Today is real recording, or today is just Rob's?
1: Today is we're recording
0: August 2nd. Okay.
1: 1992.
0: I need to put applause sound effect because I actually appreciated that. Uh, you got Robin Simmons, throwing in there. Again, the people who just started listening to this show on the on the network are like, who the? Why, is, why did he bring up Rob Simmons? <laughs> <laughs> You'll learn. You'll learn over time. Just hang in there.
2: SD Jones was a spry 31 here. That's young for SD Jones. Cause I remember SD Jones when he was old.
0: I watched star Kid 83 the other day. Cause I hate myself. And he was on that card and he yep. did not look as you new know, as good here. Or Does there, he have a no.
1: brother named VD? VD Jones.
2: I, I think I met her one time in Indiana.
1: That's where you lost your goatee.
2: <laughs> and and 40 pounds did you date
0: the toxic adventure
2: what happened <laughs> did Vince just say SD <laughs> was a colorful wrestler he did What? Oh, that doesn't okay this is not the chubby older SD Jones I grew up with this dude was in great shape and speaking of great shape Johnny's pants are not in great shape
1: they're about no. ready to
0: fall off of him both of those things are true
1: they look like green Christmas stripes on the trunks or <laughs> on the legs, and red checkerboards on the trunk.
2: It looked Terrible. like he forgot his stuff and borrowed stuff from two other wrestlers in the back. Two lines in a row from this match. The first one, SD is trying to use the back door here. The very next line, Johnny shows his back to SD.
0: The these These old school shows and the, sh- the company we're going to cover next week are prime examples why we should never go back to one-man-announced booths ever again. Match three, Jose Gonzalez and Dominic DeNucci take on the WWWF tag team champions, the executioners, in a two-out-of-three falls match. It's kind of crazy that in the last two matches, we've had three of the most prominent trainers ever. Johnny Rods, Dominic DiNucci, and even with a hood on, I can tell that one of the executioners is Killer Kowalski. So these three guys, we got our responsible for the Dudley Boys, Mick Foley, and Triple H. Mick Not Foley. Meh. What? Bitch?
2: How He's dare wrong. you? Simmons. Didn't Rods also train Hulk Hogan? I felt like he was part of Hulk Hogan. That was show. Hero
0: Matsuda, I thought.
2: Well, I think they both did.
0: Could be, you could be right. I don't
2: know. I could be wrong. I don't know.
0: This is a good heat getting match out of the gate. And I'm pretty sure Kowalski punched Mrs. Krieger in the face at one point. She earned that. I, she shouldn't have been standing there. The ref Old starts. To lose, <laughs> the, the ref starts to lose some control. And as he is talking to Gonzalez, the executioner is going to double backbreaker on Danucci and the win and the first fall.
1: Wrestling is terrible without colorful entrances and entrance music. And teeny title belts look stupid. Teeny? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Danucci had been wrestling for 18 years at this point. Good Lord.
0: We probably started when he was 13 because it was, you know, I to say, 50s. he was
1: only 24. Remember when WWF tag titles actually meant something? Good times.
0: Like 1991.
1: Probably the last time. And I'm pretty sure the executioners were doing some belly button tickling on Danucci there towards the end of the first fall. That was very belly weird. Button.
0: No, how did you, say it exactly how you wrote it in the notes.
1: Belly button play.
0: Thank you. That's what like you should have said. It. You said belly button t- It's belly button play for sure. They literally they were, were
1: sticking their fingers in his belly button.
0: They were knuckle deep in that belly button. Gucci goochie, but- goo! And Color Kowalski's got huge hands. <laughs>
2: Well, TJ, you're correct that Killer Kowalski was one of them. The other one is a young, young Big John stud here.
0: I was I was surprised to see that.
2: So Gonzalez and DiNucci are teaming up for the first time and they get a championship match? That, that's a good book in there.
0: Here's my guess. It's because of how over Danucci was.
2: Correct. Put him with well, anyone. But wait a minute. This is two out of three falls? They didn't say that at the beginning. They did. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. I didn't hear it. I. It's literally the first sentence of my notes. <laughs> and after the, falls. after the first fall, I'm going to bet $10 million that Danucci and Gonzalez win fall number two. And then the executioners. I just lost $10 million fake dollars.
0: Here's the tale of the second fall. The executioners continue to work the lower back of Danucci. And... Here's the one thing. You can say everything you want about how the wrestlers look and their athleticism, whatever. The psychology is next level in these matches from the 70s. In a weird moment, Danucci makes the tag, but the ref doesn't see it, but allows it anyway. (laughs) Danucci gets an airplane spin and gets the pin
2: for fall two, and the crowd goes absolutely nuts. Ha-ha, see what seven days does for me? I forgot. I do win $10 million from each of you. I didn't agree
0: to your bet. Didn't and sure. also, why do you have to get 10 million dollars from us?
2: And Dave, fix the tracking you, on this video. Do you take big cardboard checks? Yes. Okay. To like, the back. Have,
0: like like Happy Gilmore.
1: Give me one of those. Excuse all the noise. My wife is cleaning the kitchen right next to me. With what, a Swiffer? I think she's cleaning it with a, with baseball, leaf bat. Bl- leaf a blower. baseball bat. A baseball
0: bat? It's a leaf blower. That sounds like a threat more than cleaning
1: <laughs> He's probably gonna kill me.
0: I can't wait. Uh, Man, and
1: of wait. course, the faces get the second fall. We got to drag this shit out all night. Well, oh, here, I hate two out of three fall matches.
0: Here we go. I was really hoping for the uh, the curfew the the son of Sam curfew at the end of this. No, we didn't get it. He wasn't killing yet. Dinucci, it, no, he was. Oh, they not to the curfew yet? Danucci and Gonzalez are on top for most of the fall. With the story being the exhaustion of the much bigger executioners. Gonzalez gets one of them up for a body slam, but the other executioner kicks him down, and that's the finish. The executioners
1: retain. Of course, the executioners win. When are the commercials? I'm over all this old ass wrestling.
2: (laughs) They didn't sell things back in the 70s.
0: Yeah, they did. They Chrysler Park Avenues and Dino. You get a
1: 1976 Peugeot. You can you get know. the Wall Street Journal delivered directly to your door. With
0: a, with a how do you save money? Now that you bought the subscription, we're going to tell you how to save money with this pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the new I must say, Denucci and Gonzalez were over with the crowd. You know, it is crazy outside the main event. I mean,
0: they, this was the hottest they were the whole night. Yeah, now, granted, the, were, the rest this, of the matches matches
1: going nuts.
0: The rest of the matches from here on out weren't exactly barn burners, but I mean, the, well, the main hey. event was, but.
2: I, say, I think the very last match. Well, the, the second tag match
1: was also Hudsky uh, was, was over.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so yeah, well, let's get into it. So match four. I did not see this one coming a mile away. Bruiser Brody with the Grand Wizard. We've discussed on this show and love him dearly takes on Kevin Sullivan. That one from the Dungeon of Doom. Sullivan with a whole f- head of hair is weird. And originally I had a note and I had to take it taken out because originally I, I did not know it was Kevin Sullivan and I was not aware of his height. I just saw his hair and his, and his purple trunks. And <laughs> I originally, I said, Bruiser Brody taken on the mayor of the lollipop. kilt. <laughs> <laughs> And Glad
2: I was, you took it out so you could just say it. Good job. And then
0: I well, I saw it was Calvin Sullivan, and I was like, oh, I don't I don't want people to think I was making a hype joke because that's not what I was doing at all. So this is how he looked. Looked like the Dutch boy.
2: It's funny because you're short.
0: <laughs> Brody is absolutely massive here in 1976. Um, is to anyone, to no one's shock, he dominates and wins with a torture rack.
1: I think I'm on a send in a message to Kevin Sullivan on his new podcast and ask him his thoughts on Bruiser Brody. Tuesdays with the Taskmaster.
2: Ouch. Only available Ouch on are Probably
1: show. his thoughts. Brody didn't sell anything in this match. I could get, he could probably kill all these dudes anyway. But I have a hard time getting behind guys that never sell and they're just, they're they're never vulnerable to anything. Someone in Puerto Rico didn't subscribe to that either. I did like the torture rack finisher, though.
0: Well, there there is a guy later on this show that was very similar to him, especially in Japan. That philosophy, I should say.
2: Um, By the way, uh, Brad Williams' cousin is upset that you called him a member of the Lollipop Guild. Kevin Sullivan? Yep.
0: Again, I didn't know it was Kevin Sullivan at the time. He's clean shaven also. And he had hair. Very well coiffed hair.
2: So if it were someone that you didn't care about, you'd have been fine making that joke. Yes. Sure.
0: Now that I've met Kevin Sullivan, I like him, and I didn't
2: <laughs> I've met you two, and I like you two. But I'll still... Never mind. Well, I don't know him that well. Is this a fever dream, Bruiser Brody and the Devil himself, and WWF? That's weird.
0: I, mean, I wish Sullivan would have been over by now and doing that gimmick because this actually could have been very interesting if that were the case.
1: No. Because Bruiser, really, w- Bruiser would just not have
2: sold anything anyway. Yeah, it was what it should have been. Bruiser Brody was a monster. It was squash match. But I didn't remember him being in the WWF. He
0: wasn't a lot.
2: And my comment was Brody's looking like the original Ultimate Warrior in this match. Not selling anything. Squash.
0: Um, I, I think I've heard. Early on in Hogan's run as champion, so eighty four, eighty five ish, had it been eighty five because he won in December of eighty four. Uh, there were there were talks that they were going to bring in Bruiser to, uh,
2: yeah, that wasn't going to happen. To
0: feud with Hogan and there and after, because Vince Jr. wasn't familiar with Brody, right? This is still Vince Jr. running the show in seventy six.
2: Yeah, but Vince was calling this, so he was obviously involved. But he, I don't think he. He may
0: have known the backstage dealings, but maybe not in great detail. I don't know. But what I think once he figured out, because he, again, by eighty four or eighty five, Bruiser's even bigger than as he is now. And he was like, "Yeah, I'll work with Hogan. I'm not putting him over." And Vince was like, "Well, never mind then." And they brought oh, in, yeah, they brought in a pipe. Well, they already brought in Piper. I think when they started bringing in Bundy, match five every show we do of old school. Baron Mikhail Cicluna, uh, and Rocky, I thought it said Rocky Tomato, but it was Rocky Tomeo. take on Billy White Wolf and Chief J. Strongbow. Strongbow starts off on top after it takes forever to get the mics out of the ring. Cicluna gets tagged in, and immediately the ref grabs Cicluna's pee. Did what? any of you catch that? I missed that. Sorry. So C- Cicluna gets tagged, tags in Cicluna. And apparently, they did, Vince did a terrible job of explaining this. So, Clunas is giving at the time was he always had a foreign object in his trunks, always. And he used it a lot in the match later, but they just didn't say it beforehand. So, when he comes in the ring, the ref literally stops him and grabs him around the waist and looks like he just grabs his dick.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe he wanted a handful.
0: He's like, hey, before you get sweaty, let me get a honk honk in there. Now you go go get him, Tiger.
1: (laughs) Is that cheese? (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> they didn't have gold bond yet they said he was checking for weapons but I'm not I'm not buying that shit the WWF is absolutely awful at hot tags They're, they just crawl over and make the tag this is what would become a typical animated tag team match and uh, for Strongbow and these matches were his specialty Wolf hits a clothesline for the win
1: the announcer originally announced that this match was two out of three falls and I was going to turn this shit off
0: So we were texting each other around this time, and this is when I told you, hey, if you guys want to do the notes, I'm ready to take a break.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And in case you were wondering, he kept saying the main event will follow. The main event will follow this bout. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. Please. Strombo was crazy over there. I just don't get it. Dude was so old. Correct. But I can believe
2: Vince would have been losing his mind if that mic hadn't been pulled up like it was. That... I literally 30 seconds. They're like, they're trying to get the mic out of the ring. It's a guy with a rope. What do it? Paul. Was he smoking up there? <laughs> By the way, Strongbow was 48 here. That's crazy. In a weird twist, Billy White Wolf would go on and be General Adnan because he's that was, Iraqi. That was Adnan O'Casey? Yes. Wow. So of these Native Americans, one is Italian, the other one is Iraqi. Not a single one of them anywhere near Native or American. Wow, you're
1: welcome. But both were from Oklahoma.
2: What? Adnan Al cases from
1: Oklahoma? Yes. No, oh, he's from Iraq. He grew up and went to high school in Oklahoma.
2: Well, they moved him there.
1: Yeah, but I said he's from Oklahoma, bitch. That's he's crazy. Not, he's from Iraq. Raised in Oklahoma. Just
2: Where's
1: like it? you're from Kentucky, ho? Huh? I was born. But in you were Cincinnati. born in. But you were born in Ohio.
2: Oh, you're still
1: Kentuckian. Ken- Kentuckian, Kentuckian, and whatever it's called, mm. sister banger.
0: I want. <clears throat> I was just gonna say I want this to continue, and Dave prove the, the point.
2: I'm the Indiana fatty hunter. Yes.
0: You. <clears throat> <Ew. laughs> and I live here. What? <laughs> Matt six. Bruno San Martino defends the title inside of a steel cage against the board, the, the border, the bounty hunter from Borger, Texas. Stan, the Lariat Hanson. I mean, wasn't. Teeny Larry, I mean, Wanger. Stan Hanson. Um, we've literally said Teeny Wanger since the beginning of the show, and he is the reason why. Not because he has one. I don't know that or not, but he, he says it, it. No holds barred. Yeah, that's why. Vince McMahon said at the start of the show that this cage was 15 foot tall. And if that's true, the ring announcer is 12 foot tall. He was. This was a really good, hard hitting match, even for 76. And the story here is Bruno's getting revenge for handsome, breaking his neck a few years earlier.
2: No, like a few months earlier. A few.
0: That's what I said. A few it, months. earlier. Bad
2: storytelling. They're like back in April, he broke the guy's neck. And here we are in August for him to get revenge. What?
0: Well, it took Austin five months, so I mean, sure. <laughs> Hansen keeps trying to escape, but Bruno stops him as he's more interested with punishing Hansen than beating him. And we saw a lot of his ass, uh, Stan Hanson's ass in this match. Bruno starts using Hanson's loaded elbow pad against him, then walks out of the front door for the wind of the delight of the crowd. I again, I liked this cage match. I thought it was very good. And they didn't do anything stupid, nothing dangerous. Just a good, solid, hard-hitting cage match. I liked it.
1: A 1970s steel cage match. Gotta love it. Yeah. Although I thought Hanson looked like late 90s Barry Windham here.
0: If I agree. If they would have said he was anyone's name other than Stan Hanson, I would
2: not have known that was Stan Hanson. Windham would have had to gain about 50 more pounds to be uh,
1: Hanson here. Late 90s Barry Windham
2: a new chilling. blackjack
1: okay maybe I don't know. how were the fans not tired of San martino by this time cuz he had a broken freaking neck i would have been cheering on hansen to break his neck again
0: Well, let's see here so it what what was pedro champion for 2 years
1: not around i, believe. Even, I don't think
0: and then uh you had two interim champions in between so bruno first won the belt in 1963 It's 1976 so he'd been He'd been champion 11 of the previous 13 years at this point, and he would actually lose the belt later this year to to Billy Graham.
2: Graham. Superstar, not the preacher.
0: Correct. Well, no, actually, it was the preacher first. Oh. And then Superstar won it
1: from him later. Oh. (laughs) There wasn't a lot of wrestling in this match, but I didn't hate it. A lot of punching. They're beating the hell out of each other. I mean, Hanson was bleeding. Yep. It was good, though. I just, I never could get with the whole escape in the cage thing. You're, don't like, don't like, you got beef and you're in a cage fight till there's a winner.
0: Especially because, I mean, Bruno makes it very clear his goal is to beat up Hanson. And then eventually he's just like, to hell with it and just walk out the door.
2: To be fair, he he did beat the hell out of Hanson before he (laughs) walked out the door. Stan had some luscious locks here, though. They were fabulous. Bruno over with this crowd as he was for until Hogan, basically. Yeah. And I agree. These guys made it look like a real fight. It wasn't like they, there were no flying head scissors in this matches. It was, I'm going to punch you. I'm going to kick you and I'm going to punch you and kick you some more.
0: I would dare say this cage fight holds up today.
2: And when San Martino left the cage, the crowd blew up. Crazy! This is home away from home. Match
0: seven: Bobo Brazil takes on Raggedy Andy. <laughs> What's that? Who? I'm being told that's Gas House, Gas House Gilbert. Vincent Man called him. Love that the two wrestlers immediately start attacking each other, and the ring announcer says, "To hell with you guys! I'm finishing my announcements." He said <laughs> he got all the announcements, and while they're fighting in the ring, I loved it. A few headbutts. And I actually, this is wrong. I feel, I put a few headbutts from Brazil. It was one, one headbutt from Brazil, and Gilbert just walks away. Thirty-five seconds.
1: Yes, this is my kind of match. What the hell kind of name is Gas House?
2: It's better Shithouse. It was actually Doug
1: Gilbert. That's who it was. I know, but it was. It's not the Doug Gilbert that's related to Eddie Gilbert. Same right. thing. Same guy. This Doug Gilbert's related to like Fred Gilbert. Gilbert Gottfried
0: he's related to
2: Carrot Top
1: 35 seconds not
2: even a second per year of Bobo's life at this point he was 52 52
0: and we had so between him and um, Strongbow earlier 100 years between the two of them match 8 Ivan Potsky takes on Skandor Akbar who was probably in his late 40s by now when Putsky comes out, the bottom of the screen flashes with Polish power. More the high-powered technology Timmy was talking about earlier. Akbar oh, Pusky under the top under the top rope for like eight minutes, and the referee doesn't seem to give a shit. Then Putsky hits the Polish hammer for the win. It was that fast. That's the end of the show.
1: I love it. Putsky says to the crowd, he's going to send Akbar to Tel Aviv. Why are you going to send the Iranian to Israel? Should have just sent him back to Dallas. I mean, location's not important. Over there somewhere. He's Polish. He doesn't get it. Not a good geography. I've never seen Pusky with hair. I was expecting the old bald guy. He had it all over his body. I didn't recognize him. He didn't just have it on his head. I didn't recognize this version of him. He looked like stephens on steroids. I'm surprised TJ didn't uh, make a comment about the finish with Pusky using the earthquake splash.
0: I mean, he's yeah. Earthquake did it way better.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I never would have saw that coming from Putzky, but I saw that and I go, shit, TJ's gonna love that. Well, Putski getting Puttsky doing the splash is like getting hit with a dirty
0: diaper. I mean Yeah, it's unfortunate.
2: Shit
0: is I mean, it's unfortunate, but I'll survive.
2: Putsky is built like a brick shit house here. Holy Huge. shit. Huge. But the back knee. Mm. Apparently, they didn't believe in fin- finishing maneuvers in the WWF. It was just like random crossbody, random body slam with an ass hit.
0: Well, that's the thing. Is like I like to consider myself somewhat of an historian of wrestling. I've watched, you know, I've watched and read back to the, 40, the 30s and the forties of the NWA. I can't tell you Bruno's finisher. I don't think he had one.
1: The Pittsburgh plunge. That was Shane Douglas. The Pittsburgh plancha. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: Pittsburgh plancha. Plancha. Can we please do shirts again? So that can be a shirt. <laughs> Why are we not doing shirts anymore? They're well, expensive. If you, if you enjoyed this week's episode and would like a t-shirt, please let us know. Review, rate, and subscribe wherever you get this podcast. Make sure to follow the show on Twitter at FF on Instagram at FilterFreePopcast, our Patreon at FilterFreeNet on Twitter, and also, of course, our network. The network. At WatchOnPremier. As for us, you can find us on our social media platforms at Dave.
1: I probably need to change mine. It's at Dave in the QC, but I'm no longer in the QC.
2: You're not in the
0: you, QC.
1: You can change it. There's an edit button. There is. I know.
2: It's $8.
0: I've but you I've
2: changed
1: it. it numerous times. Timmy C. At Timmy C 1979. And I am at T Stevens 91. Next week, we're going to go from
0: one one-man announcement to another. We're going to cover ECW Hardcore Television. Timmy's favorite from August 28, 1999. A ton of baseball records go down. Shakira goes unplugged. Michael Johnson's really fast And so much more I'm going to have to edit that out This has been the Filter Free Podcast
1: And so long for now Joke of the week What is 6.9? An earthquake A good thing Ruined by a period
2: how, how can he say that? And then you're going to say, You're going to play what boys? We <laughs> the, the, the good time. I thought made us laugh.
1: Except for the period.
2: Please. Oh. Huh. Huh.
0: Huh. Huh. Huh.